Welcome to California Ballot Breakdown from KPFA, where we take you through the stakes of what's on your ballot, the money behind the campaigns, give everyone enough time to make their best argument, and then try to get them off their talking points. On today's special. I think Donald Trump has 30% and Bernardo has 70. But if you look in the assessor's office files, neither of their names appears. $30,000 instantly passed through to a small restaurant. And, and we can't, Lucy, we can't, we can't afford that. Proponents of Proposition 15 say it'll make big businesses pay their fair share of taxes in California. Opponents say it'll hit small businesses too. Uh, we didn't want to just leave it at a he said, she said. So we're going to dig into the details and bring you the story of two buildings in San Francisco on this edition of California Ballot Breakdown. Okay, today is a special report that we produced as a follow-up to one of the first ballot initiative debates that we did on this podcast. Uh, this is over Proposition 15. Prop 15 is the initiative that would lift California's cap on property taxes, but only lift it for large owners of commercial and industrial real estate. Now, to be clear, uh, the money going into the No campaign on Prop 15 is coming from large investors and owners of commercial and industrial real estate. However, the argument they're making is not about the impact on them. It's saying that this would have impacts on small businesses as well. And you'll recall that during the debate uh, early on, we, we asked the person that the no side gave us for an example of a small business that would be hurt. Off the top of my head, I can't give you a specific name. Yeah. Well, okay. Um, he would not be the first person to draw a blank when put in the spot. We don't want to leave our coverage at a gotcha. We want everybody to make their best argument. So we asked our reporter, Lucy Kang, to follow up, uh, to ask both the supporters and the opponents of Proposition 15 to give us an example property that best makes their case so we could tell the story of a policy through the properties whose taxes it would impact. Here is her report. I'm standing in the heart of San Francisco's financial district, outside a granite-clad tower. When it went up, it was the tallest building west of the Mississippi, an imposing new headquarters for Bank of America. That was 1969. Back then, the way we did it was the elected county assessor would go around every year and look at all the property in the community and determine its market value. That's veteran San Francisco journalist Tim Redmond, the editor of 48 Hills. When this place was built, property owners got taxed a percentage of their market value. If the market value went up, so did the taxes. Then came 1978 and Proposition 13. And what it did was, number one, it rolled back all property taxes in California to 1975 levels. All assessments and property taxes rolled back to 1975 levels. The campaign message for Proposition 13 was all about keeping older Californians from losing their homes to rising taxes. But Prop 13 also gave the same tax freeze to commercial and industrial real estate. And then it essentially said that you cannot increase the assessment on a piece of property until it sells. Right? In other words, as long as you own that property, the assessment only goes up like 1% or 2% a year. In theory, when the property changes hands, the taxes reset. In practice, businesses have a lot of ways around that. There are a variety of ways that you can, for example, um, have a holding company that owns the, the real estate, but the ownership of that company itself can change hands. 
And so for the purposes of property taxation, the ownership uh, on record hasn't changed at all. Isaac Martin is a professor of urban studies and planning at UC San Diego. And the property still will be taxed on the value it had many, many years ago, plus some tiny increment, even while the, the people who own the company, who own the company, who own the company, who own the land may be really different from who they were back then. Take 555 California. The owner is officially listed as HWA 555 Owners LLC. But again, Tim Redmond... It's actually owned by Donald Trump and by a company called Vornado Real Estate, which is a real estate investment trust based in New York. Right? I think Donald Trump has 30% and Vornado has 70 But if you look in the assessor's office files, neither of their names appears. Right now, Vornado's considering a recapitalization of the building, which means they'd sell partial ownership to someone else. As long as they sell a less than 50% stake, it shouldn't trigger a reassessment. So that means... If Donald Trump wants to sell his 30% share, all he needs to do is sell his 30% of his shares in HWA 555 California Limited Partners, cash out, give that to someone else, and the actual owner of the building remains HWA 555 Limited Partners and hasn't changed. So that building doesn't get reassessed. The last time 555 California got reassessed was in 2007, after the Vornado purchase. Setting COVID aside, the value of the Bank of America building has practically doubled since it was last assessed. And that's because rents have gone up. And that's because San Francisco's in the middle of a tech boom. And there's a shortage of Class A office space. And everyone wants it. We're, we calculated that we're losing about $11 million a year from the underassessment of that one building, of Donald Trump's building. And that loss is the owner's gain. Lower taxes means higher profits, and higher profits mean the building's worth more. And the Vernado-Trump partnership can tap that worth without triggering higher taxes by selling less than 50% of the building at a time. That's where Prop 15 comes in. Again, UCSD's Isaac Martin. It would say that commercial and industrial property is to be assessed for tax purposes uh, at its market value rather than being assessed at the value that it used to have at the time that somebody bought it. And that adds up to a lot of money. Tim Redmond's team estimated the tax gap on 55 large commercial properties in San Francisco. Those 55 buildings alone accounted for a loss of $360 million a year in property taxes to San Francisco. Um, So this is a big number. I mean, $360 million a year And that's just a fraction of it. Another team at the USC Equity Research Institute looked at over a million parcels across the state to figure out how much new tax money would come in if commercial and industrial properties were taxed at market value. Here's research director Jennifer Ito. We found that closing the gap between assessed values and fair market values for commercial industrial property could generate as much as between 10.3 and 12.6 billion dollars in in what we were projecting to be 2021 to 2022 but of that revenue only 6% of properties account for 78% of that revenue think chevron in richmond intel in santa clara disneyland in anaheim 
Most of the money would come from big businesses with valuable properties, and most of the money fighting Proposition 15 is coming from big businesses with valuable properties. But the argument coming from the No on 15 campaign isn't about big businesses; it's about small ones. Prop 15 does exempt small businesses with less than three million dollars in real estate, but the No campaign says lots of small businesses rent with leases that let their landlords pass through the cost of taxes. We pay; we're on the hook for 50 percent of the property tax bill. So I'm going to give you some examples about why this is just terrifying. On top of everything else, Lori Thomas is the executive director of the Golden Gate Restaurant Association, San Francisco's main restaurant lobby. She's also the owner of Rose's Cafe, a neighborhood fixture on the ground floor of a two-story building in Cow Hollow. That building has been owned by that family multiple generations for at least 30 years. the the re- The property tax pass-through that I'm paying. Is six thousand dollars. According to the San Francisco Assessor's Office, the property has been in the same family's hands since the 80s. Currently, it's valued at less than a million dollars. Another building, the same size, on the same block, was last sold in 2018. It's being taxed at four times the rate of Lori's landlord. That has her worried about what happens if her building gets reassessed. The building that Rose's Cafe is in. Is going to be is is definitely over three million, right? That means it would be too valuable to be exempt from Prop 15. Let's say it's assessed at four million, which is what it looks like if you look around with Zillow values. You just look at it. That would mean my property taxes would go up thirty thousand dollars instantly, pass through to a small restaurant, and and we can't, Lucy, we can't we can't afford that. Here's where it gets complicated. Prop 15 has some measures to protect small businesses. For instance, commercial properties where small businesses occupy at least half the space will get delayed reassessment. Their taxes won't go up until 2025 to 26. It turns out Lori's lease is up before then. If she meets the criteria for a small business, she might have a chance to renegotiate before the increased taxes hit. She could say something like, "I'll pay the higher taxes, but you've got to cut the rent." I asked whether that might help her business. It might, it might, but I'm not willing to take that risk right now. Right now, as in while her business is still reeling from the COVID pandemic shutdowns. And so, right now, our 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 organization's position and my personal position is, this is a very scary piece of legislation that I would like to see to go back to the drawing board and rethought about how it was put into effect. When we talked, Lori wasn't very familiar with the provisions for small businesses, but she said she'd like the exemption to extend to more expensive properties, especially in urban places like San Francisco. And you're right; some people it may not affect, but even in four years, it's going to affect people, right? It's not clear how many small businesses Prop 15 would hurt if it passes. It's not even clear that it would hurt Lori. Who is, by the way, who the No on 15 campaign suggested I talk to? A recent study by Beacon Economics found that in major California cities, two thirds of commercial properties sold for under three million dollars. They'd all be exempt unless the owners were large businesses or owned multiple properties. The same study also found that commercial rents, including any pass-through of property taxes, don't generally increase after reassessments. That's because 
rents tend to be set by the market, not the landlord's costs. From San Francisco, I'm Lucy Kang for KPFA. A reminder that you can find all of our California ballot breakdown segments, interviews with candidates, debates on ballot propositions, and now interviews with journalists about late-breaking movements of money into politics and the races that aren't quite what it says on the label. Just look for California Ballot Breakdown wherever you get your podcasts or at kpfa.org. I'm Brian Edwards-Teekert. Remember, in California, your vote matters even more down the ballot.